0: Here we go. Welcome back to the Trans Narrative Civic Report. It's April 19, thousand twenty-three, and we're reporting for the week of April 17th to April 23rd. We want to make sure that you're well informed about the current legislation that's going on around the states, and we want to make sure that you've got the right tools to prepare for any kind of conversation you may need to have with your loved ones about what this means to you and how it impacts our communities. This week, Athena Promakis, Mar Newell, and Maddie Fallis report the news, along with a news segment quickly titled, What the Actual F News with Noah Buchanan of the Trans Revolutionary Action Network.
1: This is Athena Promakis with the Trans Narrative Podcast, bringing to you the Trans Narrative Civic Report. Here with us today is Mar Newell, our co-host. Thank you very much. What uh, do you have to share with us today about the news around the world for us?
2: Well, there's always a lot going on. But today we're going to talk about how on last week, um, April 10th 10th. on On 2020, the Florida Congressman Webster Barnaby compared trans transgender people to mutants and specifically the X-Men, as well as demon and imps and pretending to belong in this world. And we do have audio.
3: I'm I'm looking at society today and it's like I'm watching an X-Men movie uh, with people that when you watch the X-Men movies for Marvel comics, it's like we have mutants living among us on planet earth. And you know, some people don't like that, but that's a fact. We have people that live among us today on planet earth that are happy to display themselves as if they were mutants from another planet. This is the planet Earth, where God created men, male, and women, female. I'm a proud Christian conservative Republican. I'm not on the fence. Not on the fence. There is so much darkness in our world today. So much evil in our world today. And so many people who are afraid to address the evil, the dysphoria, the dysfunction. I'm not afraid to address the dysphoria or the dysfunction. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, and all of your demons and all of your imps who come and parade before us. That's right, I called you demons and imps who come and parade before us and pretend that you are part of this world. So I'm I'm saying my righteous indignation is stirred. I am sick and tired of this. I'm not going to put up with it. You can test me and try to take me on, but I promise you I'll win every time. Let's all vote up on this bill. Thank you. So this further just demonstrates that we've reached stage
2: four of genocide according to the Genocide Watch. And in places like Florida and many other states, there are deliberate attempts to identify individuals for their status as transgender for future harassment, pardon me, further harassment and future. So in case anyone missed any of the comic books, cartoons, TV shows, movies, The X-Men, they're portrayed as mutants who appear different from others and even have superpowers, but still seek to protect the same people who fear and sometimes despise them. The human villains of the series are generally people displaying the exact behavior we see from Congressman Barnaby. It's a very apt metaphor, but maybe not the one that the congressman wanted. So the series, it uses mutants as a metaphor for many different marginalized groups. Mutation is something that can't be stopped. Part of how these characters are born and is unique to the individual. Intersex conditions are part of the unique genetic sequencing. Thank you, Athena. (laughs) No worries. As well as medical history of these individuals. The proud Christian conservative Republicans who believe they live on the earth where God created male and female outright denies the lived experience of these individuals. Now, not everyone who transitions is intersex nor need they be. People should be free to express themselves in whatever way they choose. People shouldn't be looked down on for their outside appearances And people should be made to feel safe for how they want to be treated from day to day. Because this congressman no longer sees transgender individuals as people, he categorizes us as demons. As James Baldwin, one of my favorite authors, has said, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and my right to exist. Barnaby's contempt for his fellow citizens and the very people who he is intended to represent is indicative of a larger anti-democratic trend within the Republican Party. Now, SB 39, a bill to deny gender affirming care prior to the age of 18, was sponsored by Senator
1: Mike Moon. Mike Moon. Yeah. You
2: know what? I don't really have a lot of respect for him so ooh works Oof. um according to the sponsor of the bill children under 18 are too young to consent to decisions about affirming care congressman peter meredith confronted about the bill in this, this following clip
4: i've heard you talk about parents rights to raise their kids how they want in fact i just double checked you voted no on making it illegal for kids to be married to adults at the age of 12 if their parents consented
3: to it. You said actually that should be the law because it's the parents' right and the kids' right to decide what's best for them to be raped by an adult, okay? Do you know any kids who have been married at age 12? That was the law. You You voted not to change it. Do you know any kids who have been married at age 12? I I, I don't need to. I do. Uh, And guess what? They're still married. Gentlemen.
2: Missouri law allows for children with consenting parents to marry. Senator Moon affirms that these children are too young to be legally consent, to give legal consent, pardon, and doesn't dispute the accusation of rape, but merely provides an antidote about a young married couple. There is a division in how we treat consent in this country between Republicans and Democrats. Affirmative consent is a standard of consent that requires both parties to actively communicate their willingness to engage in a sexual activity. This means that consent cannot be assumed and that both parties must agree to have sex before it can occur. Democrats argue that affirmative consent is necessary to protect women from sexual assault and that it sends a clear message that consent is not something that can be taken for granted. Republicans, on the other hand, argue that affirmative consent is too restrictive and that it could lead to false accusations of sexual assault. They also argue that it is unfair to the accused, who may not be aware that they have to obtain consent. Oh, no manners. Republicans support policies that focus on due process rights for the accused, such as requiring a higher standard of proof and sexual assault cases, many Republican leaders, the fundamental, say the word for me, Athena.
1: Fundamentalists.
2: Thank you. Christians, especially, deny the culpability of husbands in marriage for a non-consensual sexual activity, marital rape. They would argue, "Oh, that's a lie." This is how Senator Moon and others like him view consent, like an access pass. Child marriage is still a battleground in this country due to the religious cults that we have. Marriages that are built on ununiformed un- consent can turn into informed non-consent, and marriages in conservative religious environments are seen as first religious or spiritual institutions, and only secondary social or state mandated, mandated, or managed, pardon institutions. This means that women are directed to their spiritual leaders who would recommend (laughs) biblical subservice to them. There is a demented parallel between these two circumstances. From Senator Barnby of Florida, believing we are no longer human, that we are host to demons, that we are granted consent to them, and now we're their playthings. Just like a child bride from Mike Moon's Wet Dreams. Ooh, that is dark. Athena, <laughs> is that too dark? I think that's too dark.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, that's the not the darkest thing out of uh, Missouri. Well, no, I think that is the darkest thing out of Missouri. It's just how bizarre because that that is crossing the line, for, I think, for everybody. But uh, as far as like uh, news directly affecting us right now, uh, that's a condition that's been in effect in Missouri for as long as I know just that Mm -hmm. that situation it enables those uh uh, abusive relationships uh and it's about like you know being informed and a child can't be informed to those kinds of activities you know by law uh, you know unless the parents sign off so it's like the parents are granting all access and rights to their child to somebody else and I think there's kind of a parallel in the, the control, levels of control, that, that uh, parents want to see over their children in making gender-affirming care decisions. Uh, because they, you know, if they've married off their child to somebody else, they don't want them to switch the genders So, oh,
2: Because God never makes mistakes.
1: Uh, well, uh, if if God never makes mistakes, there's a lot of explanation uh, to happen. Or we have a lot of accepting to do about the way that God doesn't make mistakes. Um, yes. And I think that's more of what it is. This is, you know, we live in in nature and, you know, uh, part of uh, the human experience is uh, intersex people, uh, Mm -hmm. transgender uh, people as well. Uh, It's uh, it's something that is impossible to ban, a condition that can be treated in different ways and ways that can result in outcomes that are positive, like a long and healthy life that's measurable or with negative outcomes like suicidality, self-harm and things like that. Those are very culpable and measurable things. And the alternative that I've heard uh, with the religious fundamentalism behind all of the messaging that I get is that it's for your soul, which if is like flesh is dead and rotting in the ground. I'm six feet under, and my soul's up in heaven. I guess it's all good to them,
2: yeah, I don't I used to be very actively involved in church. i I even was on my church board, like, Teaching Sunday school and all that. Mm-hmm. The good part about that church was it was a UCC. So it was very much accepting of everyone. It was like, we accept all, but we worship one. But we can still be appreciative and accepting of who you worship to, also. And, and so that was the good part about it. The part that I just never sat well with me was still, there's only one God. There's only one person and it's you know you have to take care of your soul okay that's all well and fine but i mean what's this experience if not to see what our soul can do who it can become what i mean it's there in us and the gender unicorn i mean our sex and our gender and what we feel inside and what's in our pants and all of that together if my at the time eight nine year old can understand that why can't a 35 40 45 50 all these other ages not understand it too it's pretty easy and simple
1: there's an unlearning but just also a resistance to the the way that language is used um but in the the nitty-gritty of it like the interpretation that matters is the interpretation of the person in power Um, At this point, in Missouri, we've had the Attorney General step in and and assume some extra powers that weren't necessarily granted to him by the Constitution, which he firmly believes were, uh, and has ruled for a very detailed uh, emergency act uh, concerning Missouri citizens who are receiving transgender care as well as people who are thinking about receiving that. This affects not only children under 18, but people of any age, people who have already transitioned, have been transitioned for years, mm-hmm. on what standards of care are changing. Uh, and it's it's very difficult. I'm on the ground floor with a lot of other people uh, here in the state and I've been in communication with, you know, a good many of them We're organizing and trying to do what they can, trying to figure things out. I took the day off yesterday uh, to, figure things out myself, Mm -hmm. figure out what our plans were. Uh, We have at least until April 27th to get prescribed anything that needs to be prescribed uh, before the new regulations would come into place. Uh, Some people who say that this does not affect people over 18 don't read that it is affecting with section C through K of Mm -hmm. Article 2 in this, which include uh, the year and a half uh, of counseling Mm -hmm. Uh, with 15 sessions hour hour long, uh, documented gender dysphoria for three years on the books. Um, and uh, you can't be autistic. You can't be depressed. You can't have any other comorbidities. This is going to be exclusive for so many people that I know, and myself included in that.
2: Yeah. I think it's trans people, and I've said this before, we know ourselves so well, we understand the things that are going on in us because we've had to do that self-reflection we've had to dig deep (laughs) like we're still digging deep and I'm 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 not going to speak for everyone but I can say I'm still in therapy I mean and I've ever since I first came out and got out of the straight world um I've been in therapy on and off on and off all the time just because it's so much so I just don't understand well, I do understand the whys just because of society and the things that have happened in our past and leading up to now, it's always, oh my God, therapy, you only do that if you're crazy. And it's like,
1: we're all We great. all need it. We all, we're all I, human.
2: I have not met a person in my life who doesn't. And my fr- all, I tell all my friends, I tell all my family, even my own mother's like, I can't believe all of my children are in therapy. And I'm like, we need it. <laughs> we, it's a lot out here in the world. It's nothing reflected toward you and what you did, maybe a little. but um,
1: <laughs> Everybody plays a role, though. You're, yeah. you're at one character of a million in my life, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody puts a dent in your armor somehow. <laughs> and therapy helps with that. And saying that you can't do it if you're autistic or depressed, well, you're taking away how we can be ourselves. Yeah, we're going to get depressed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, what if my parents just died? All of a sudden, my last three years of expressing, uh, you know, that I'm I'm just dysphoric but not depressed about it somehow uh, would, you know, obviously. Like, what would happen and what will happen and what has already happened is that people will repress themselves. People will refrain from speaking about their actual conditions. I did that for a long time, for about a decade. Uh, I went to therapy and I asked for medication to reduce my anxiety and to go to sleep. And I didn't talk about any other things that I might have wanted because I knew, like, where that would lead to. And I was so afraid of it. Mm-hmm. I came to the point of acceptance a year ago. And the moment that I could, I got the therapy that I wanted. And that was the first moment that I dis- disclosed that about myself to almost anyone.
2: Yeah.
1: And now that everyone knows it. Everyone's going to know that I'm going to have to either be forced to detransition or I'm going to have to be doing some other things to help provide the kind of care for myself that I need. There are legal options, there are not so legal options. I want to pursue every legal option possible. Right now, for people in Missouri, if you are in Missouri, you can get all of your prescriptions up until the 27th. It is a consent care state. If you just go to Planned Parenthood, they are setting up. Uh, emergency uh, offices to hear people who want to receive gender-affirming care until that ruling comes into place. Once that ruling does come into place on the 27th, uh, if it has not already been barred by injunction from a court, uh, then you would need to go through a year and a half of the therapy that they recommend. Uh, It's unclear if they would be categorizing any previous therapy as, you know, disclosed what regulations and restrictions you have to actually meet are are very unclear. And that means that the big effect that it's having is that people who are currently providing gender affirming care are trying to close the shutters on their appointments while they can mm-hmm. to make sure that they are not liable for a felony.
2: Yeah. And that's so scary. And they shouldn't have to deal with that. These mm-hmm. are trained professionals. They are I'd rather I'd rather listen to them than these other people who are politicians please jim jim bob down the street could be a politician and i guarantee you i ain't listening to him Mm -hmm. it's just not it it, it's not logical in that way what about and because since you might know this um and i'm honestly i'm getting information from you right now because if missouri does it tennessee is not going to be far behind so they can
1: (laughs) keep it and if they can't Mm -hmm. then tennessee will try and pass that minus one and if it's not that then mississippi will try and pass that minus two and all of those will keep going down if if there is not any kind of federal intervention in these kinds of behaviors or if if it's needed if the state catches it then that might be all that's needed but if it needs to go to the supreme court we need action uh to dictate across all 50 states what we need to do to treat our citizens humanely and with the care that doctors recommend um otherwise we might be Uh, informed by uninformed citizens (laughs) that we are not capable of making decisions for ourselves based off of the information we receive. There's a 23 bullet point, I think, Mm -hmm. a part that now uh, care providers are going to have to disclose. These include things like statistics from research articles that have been uh, debunked or criticized because uh, they have misleading numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is everything from, like, detransitioning and desisting from transitioning, uh, all of that. There's a direct um, line in it, though, that says that the state of Missouri recognizes there's an unnecessarily high risk associated uh, with that. So the attorney general is speaking on behalf uh, of the entire state in that way, uh, in this emergency act they're using a consumer protection law that's never been used like this towards medical care so that's a hope in how we can bar this in court ACLU and Lambda Group are already uh starting to file and, and mm-hmm. form requests Missouri is about to foot a very large legal bill for this at the very least
2: which is great cuz i love that they're spending our tax money on things like this instead of i don't know education
1: oh no they they see we care. we all of the uh, money going to libraries. Yeah. The, the last session, we, we decided we didn't need any money going to libraries because they might have gay books in them. They um, might not. They might tell us stories about people of other races that we have to read empathetically. Oh. Yeah, we can't have that here. No. Yeah. This, you have to accept the norm, and if you don't fit in the norm, then you're just trying to push it, aren't you? You're trying to be woke by existing
2: well that's okay i like being woke you know it's a nice thing that's why i drink so much caffeine in my world um
1: (laughs) i want to tell everybody who thinks that it's a bad thing to be woke just to never stop opening your eyes god damn it look at the world around you and be informed by it
2: yeah it's not only your life and your experience because the decisions that are being made are affecting so many and they don't even realize how many it's truly affecting because so many also hide so many people, because of things like this, and I understand. I'm one hundred percent understandable in that. I know, like being transmasculine trans men, once they transition and they they pass, a lot of them just sort of kind of hang back and don't don't step up, or they they do step up and they're very vocal and they're very right there and they they'll support 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 and defend and be be in in the fight and I mean even I think but I also understand why those people step back you just want to live your life
1: absolutely I've met everybody who just like started transitioning and are terrified about Mm -hmm. it because they might be losing it people who have been doing this for years who are just so jaded and exhausted by all of it but it's not just this bill that is the increase in discrimination Mm -hmm. there's is increased violence. There are legislations in other states. They are preventing us from moving to the places we want to go, from living the lives we want to have, from being the people at the peak of our abilities as we want to be because we're so distracted by all of this mess.
2: Because we try to educate ourselves to understand things. I think that scares them so much, just the education, and that's what it comes down to, and that's why I mean, I work in higher ed, and I love, love when I meet somebody who's within the community, and they're getting their master's, and I ask them, what are you studying? And they tell me things, and I'm like, oh, I love you. (laughs) Thank you. Like Our GSA president, which is Graduate Student Association, actually is about to graduate with their PhD in health communications, and their thesis was about sexual education in the school, including LGBTQ plus um, topics. How cool is that for a Ph.D.? That's awesome.
1: Yeah, like, and people will say, like, oh, well, you know, what, what about all of these, uh, you know, uh, degrees that don't mean anything like uh, underwater lesbian basket weaving? Like, oh. what are you talking about? What are you about? No, nobody's no, actually nobody's getting actually a degree getting... for that or, you know, uh, nobody's actually, like, you know, if they, they are, then that means that they've uh, probably mastered scuba diving. They probably have mastered uh, some forms of creative and industrial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also uh, mastered gender studies, which is uh, part of sociology fields. You know, like all of those expertise things. If you combine them, yeah, you can get that sort of very interesting degree. But those yeah. take expertise. You know, at all of that, right? Uh, so the the dismissive thing is that it's silly, and who would you? Why would you ever need that? But isn't it cool that we could?
2: I know that's the best part. Mm-hmm and i don't know it's to, in today's world it's hard to figure people out now when when all they want to do is just bash us the trans people or anybody really within the community honestly they just don't want us around they want us to walk the line and be them and i can't i can't do it
1: It's been made clear like in our communities again and again from time to time how welcome or not we are um, and the steps that we need to take to make sure our communities are secure aren't things that we always need to broadcast. But there are plenty of groups that where you can find support and reach out online, Uh, there are always going to be ways that you can assist with people with mutual aid and direct action. Mm -hmm some people might need to leave their home some people might need to find ways to get their medication that aren't in, inside the state lines some people might need to you know uh, find any kinds of resources uh it's it's there's a time for like safe propaganda and then there's a, se- a time for mutual aid and direct action and uh, i can't broadcast all the things i'd like to recommend but uh, what i can recommend is just uh, whenever you do see a need to fulfill it even if it uh might violate the wishes of the attorney general because from what all of the people that i know who are receiving gender affirming care will tell you is that for their mental health and their state of well-being it is better not to comply
2: Mm -hmm. agreed
5: today with us on the trans narrative podcast we are joined with noah buchanan of the trans revolutionary action network and are collaborating in a segment that we will call what the actual Fuck news
4: Hey, everyone. My name is Noah, a.k.a. The Stigma Fighter, and I am here to bring you a special edition of What the Actual Fuck News. Most of you know the trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming, and intersex communities are getting attacked by people in power, as well as already dealing with societal discrimination. At this time, currently, there have been over 400 bills that have been proposed. Some have passed. Some have died. However, they're still existing. And what people really need to be talking about when it comes to these bills is if you read the bills carefully, they all have a theme of Christian liberation. Now, I want to go ahead and talk about that later because there was a recent article that was released. It was regarding a single mother that was denied adoption due to Christian beliefs. Jessica Bates, who's a single mother of five, filed a lawsuit against the Oregon Department of Human Services. The ADF actually provided this in a press release. Now, before I even go any further, the ADF is actually responsible for the reason why we have all these anti-trans bills here. There is recently over a 2,000-page email document that implicated ADF at being responsible for all this shit that's going on right now. This has been very coordinated and they are one of the main players behind this. Now to keep going, inclusivity is not grooming. And I say that for a reason because a lot of these right wingers seem to think that's what inclusivity means. Inclusivity is not what that means. Inclusivity is basically involving everyone. We're not excluding everyone, but that's what right wingers want they do not want inclusivity, it triggers them. But if you actually notice the bills that are getting proposed, there are bills that are centered around this theme. Basically, what I mean by is if you have an issue with something because it goes against your religious or moral beliefs, you can't get discriminated, they would be protected. However, a minority We would not get protected right now right-wingers are actually claiming that they are a minority which is obviously not true because cishets are actually a majority compared to the trans non-binary gender non-conforming communities now i do want to say though i mean with these christians quote-unquote that are actually bitching about this here's a reminder they are not legit christians they are not authentic christians Authentic Christians would not be advocating for the eradication of a fucking community. These people are evil, plain, and simple. Actually, recently, there was a video um, that was released where a fucking man went into Target and started talking about boys' clothes and actually inspecting them. They started talking about, well, there's rainbows everywhere. Why the fuck there are rainbows everywhere? Okay, first of all, rainbows represent hope. So apparently they don't want their kids to learn hope. They don't want them to learn positivity. They don't want them to learn unity. Apparently this person clearly wants their kid to be miserable. Inclusivity is a trigger for bigots. And that's something that we need to remember. But I mean, it's just really sad that we're living in a country where we're actually gotten to the point where we have to quote unquote inspect things. Why do we have to inspect things? That is a violation of our privacy, first of all. Why can't we just live as we are? Why do we have to nitpick at the little things? So speaking of legislation, this is actually very critical to know. Kansas and Arkansas recently just passed their bathroom bills. Now, the thing with the bathroom bills I kind of always just baffled me. It's like, why aren't we addressing the real problem with the bathroom? What is occurring in the bathroom? Cishet men are attacking children in bathrooms. Cishet men are also attacking women in bathrooms. But right now, to avoid taking any type of responsibility or even to acknowledge in that, they're putting that shit on trans people. What I have always said, it only takes one fuck up for a stigma. And that's essentially what these bigots are doing. They are actually picking up on that stigma and using that to justify everything. Now, in terms of other legislation, Idaho also passed their gender-affirming care ban bill, which is 871. Right now, my heart goes out to all the children that are out there. Right now, right-wingers are claiming that these bills are to protect children. They acknowledge mental health, but they don't care about mental health. We need to continue to call out these contradictions, and we do need to save the children for the record. But lastly, with legislation that is very important, which is SB 254. Now, this was proposed in Florida by Senator Clay Yarborough. Essentially, what this bill is, is if a parent suspects that their child is engaging in gender-affirming care or knows that their child is getting gender-affirming care, they can actually abscond to Florida and they would be able to keep their kids. It's legalized kidnapping in a sense. Right now, that has been engrossed. And honestly, we need to be paying attention to bills like that. That is pure fascism, plain and simple. Now, I do wanna say, with all this shit that's going on right now, I know it seems very futile, but you know what? If we unite as a whole, we can overcome this because collectively we can be loud. Let's bring back the message, we're here, we're queer, we're not going anywhere. Let's bring sanity back into this country. Let's bring humanity back into this country. Let's bring empathy and compassion to this country. Let's get rid of greed. Let's get rid of evil. Right now, we have so much disinformation that's going on. Some people are actually willfully being blind about it. But there are some people that genuinely don't know. Focus on that. Haters are always going to be what they're gonna be. They're gonna have this ingrained in their heads. You can't change their minds. Right now, we just need to collectively be together. Now, with that being said, please stay safe out there and much love to you all.
1: So, Maddie, are you joining us to kind of give us some good news about the situation we we had? You had whenever uh, we were we were talking with you last time. Man, man, I'm rambling on a little bit there and not trying to make it land.
0: Uh, with my kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Share with us what what what's happened if you can.
0: So um, we had an emergency custody hearing, and I got. Um, there's basically an order that's going to um, allow me custody of my kids every other weekend, which is awesome because um, my ex has not been allowing me any custody to see my kids or to see my kids at all. Um, I haven't like hugged my kids in the last 10 months. So it's good news. Um, there's some speculation about whether she's actually going to follow the order, but there will be like repercussions with that. So. It'll get worked out, but the good news is that there's like an actual order for me to see my children and spend time with my children now.
1: So positive to hear that. i glad to see the positive outcome. Um, I, I kind of was in the ground situation, of course, so I I uh, I'm really happy to see that. Obviously, there's still like some other ways that your kids are being treated treated that you know we uh, don't want to see continue. Uh, so there's uh, obviously some other catch up, you know. Uh, Afterwards, But that's great to see that personal victory. Uh, so we're kind of in the same state here. Uh, Maddie, I've discussed some of the basics on, on what's been happening with the attorney general. Do you have any other input as far as uh, what you'd like to share from your experience?
0: Um. So I go to a clinic here. There's been some rumors about the clinic basically saying they're going to provide care still. Um. About regardless of what this uh, emergency order says, but that has yet to be, I have yet to have any proof of that. Um, I do have an appointment with them on the 20th, so I will find out then if they're gonna continue to give me gender affirming, affirming care or if uh, they're gonna, like a lot of other providers in the state, um, stop. But I also signed up for um, Plume, which is, um, it appears going to give care um, regardless because their providers aren't in the state.
1: Uh, There will still be other measures that will be taken against telehealth that have been indicated, um, but that would be a good stopgap measure. For people who are still wanting to receive the consent care, they should, by all rights, have uh, access to by Missouri constitutional law, um, uh, but is being, you know, uh, obviously prohibited by uh, this uh, this emergency act. Um, so it's good to have, obviously, local resources. I find them much better than, than the online counselors. I did start with Plume. It's not a negative experience in the least, uh, but having people to look you in the eye, people to talk you through what steps are, are going to be next. Uh, it was definitely much more impactful and important in my life. Uh, and some of the next steps that I've got to take are going to be delayed, uh, deferred, um, until I, I can sort out what's what's happening with me. Uh, I'm going to try and stay in the state uh, as much as I can because I've got family that we just uh, all started to move together here. Um, so I'm going to do my damnedest to do that, uh, even if that means sometimes trying to circumvent the, the ways that the law is being interpreted. Um, it's not illegal still to possess hormones or to take hormones. Uh, it's not illegal still to, uh, you know, continue to fill your prescriptions. It's only illegal to prescribe them or to continue prescription without following a very intricate and Byzantine set of of uh, regulations that a lot of people don't qualify for. Um, so it's my advice, you know, to most people that it's best not to comply with these orders if. You know, it's somebody who's in the position of applying, you know, supplying gender affirming care for others as a provider, putting you in a felony uh, status. The ACLU and Lambda Legal has uh, stepped together to form a team to protect this as a human right. But that is still something that affects a lot of people in ways that absorb a lot of their time, don't let them do what they really want to do, which is provide the actual care for human beings and not have to spend all the time in legal courts, things like that. Um, Community is really super important here as well, we want to make sure that uh, everyone who can can reach out to a local support group. Uh, We belong to one here in Springfield, Maddie and I. Uh, Provide, you know, mutual aid, direct action. Uh, That's the best thing to do at the moment in in these times. Do you have any other advice for us, Maddie? Um, I don't
0: know. It's kind of, I mean, it's... Very disheartening um for so many outrageous um steps to be involved with just getting care, even for people who have who are currently getting care. Um I know like I've almost been on HRT for a year. Um I know that's about the same time you've been on HRT, Athena.
1: Yeah. It was a year earlier this month.
0: Yeah, um, it's kind of silly that they're basically saying, well, now you can't stay on the medications you're on without appeasing us. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So and, yeah. I would yeah. just
0: – go ahead.
1: Uh, I was going to say there is some, like, lack of clarity about how the grandfather clauses will be working and how to establish, like, that care is uh, still needed or intended uh, for the people receiving it. Uh, so what's your next step that you'd take?
0: Um, Right now it's just um, finding out what my clinic is doing, Um, and then um, I have Plume as a backup, but uh, leaving the state is definitely not an option for me because um, my ex um, and me are going through a custody battle with our kids, so I can't, I'm not going to leave them. I mean, if if it came down to it, and there was no other option, like if it was banned outright, I would unfortunately just have to go on HRT entirely, and and just, you know, be um, miserable uh, to be able to get still have access to my children. Yeah. Um. And I think that it's short-sighted and kind of I hate I hate the sentiment of well, if you don't like it, you can always leave because not everybody
1: can. Yeah, and they shouldn't have to. People are born here transgender. Uh, People should be able to live here uh, the way that they were born and the way that they want to express themselves. Um, There's a lot of different actions that you you can take, you know, to try and, and cope with dysphoria without hormones, but hormones have been a really great source of relief for me, being happy with my body. When it comes to the long run of hormones, people who need, uh, you know, just to maintain their body at the state uh, that they need to, some of them can have a, a supply that can last for a year if they've sta- saved up for a bit. So there are resources to, you know, uh, contact and, and reach out to um, just to discuss what other options there are if you feel like you have reached a point in your transition where you don't want to continue increasing the hormones, but just maintain the level that helps you keep your sanity and and prevents you from having osteoporosis. Those are two uh, distinct uh, fears for people who no longer can produce enough uh, estrogen or or testosterone for themselves. Um, So, you know, drink milk, (laughs) keep your bones healthy. And if you can, uh, get what you need to uh, to maintain uh, your mental health uh, and try and stretch out what you can if that's what you need to do. Um, but uh, there are still going to be lot, there are lots of opportunities for you to try and find the support you need, uh, even if you do have to live in the same state, uh, they're going to be out out of uh, state providers and, and care providers. Uh, Illinois is, uh, you know, just across the border for some of us here, but almost all of the other surrounding states are, are fairly hostile uh, to transgender people.
2: Yeah, I was about to, I wanted to add that. In um, Carbondale, Choices is very good. Um, we have a Choices here, and when they've done everything with abortion here in Tennessee, they they started a place in Carbondale, and they take care of that. They're very, very good about it, and they're still fighting it here, but that's their secondary location now. So, I, I give you, there's a good resource for everybody. If you can get there, they'll help you out. They really will. So,
1: sorry. Oh, no worries. My my April
2: came to see me. Oh.
1: <laughs> so if there is, uh, for example, like uh, an issue between Plume and the Attorney General of, the, of Missouri, uh, you know, uh, fi- filing legal advances, that's a national organization, and therefore it has to be filed in federal courts. It'll start at the state courts here to see if it can hold muster, and if it does, move on. You know, like all of these steps that you know, are are advancing the cause of bigotry, have steps to fight, uh, and, and they will be uh, challenged, and I feel like likely overturned, or at least deferred. But the actions that have been taken by the Attorney General of, of Missouri, uh, starting last month, uh, was an 18-month wait for people under 18, and now it's a three-year wait for anyone of any age. I have no confidence that the state will Uh, continue to uh, we will start to turn around and put out decent bills until they've been penalized for their Mm -hmm. foolishness in court
2: yeah i agree i i agree we'll just wait to see what the future holds for all of us really in that aspect
5: here with us to talk a bit about the buzz with bud light here's Mm -hmm. cynthia
3: that these uh bills won't be going on too much longer because it's going to cut into the profits of the pharma industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Money talks. When, uh, when, when, uh, when the pharma industry starts losing profits, they're going to tell their little Republican. Uh, how can, I want. I'm, I'm trying to be polite without us, you know, being trolls. Gay. I'm just saying their little. Po- okay, trolls. we'll go with that trolls that they legally bribe through their campaigns and tell them. Knock it off. You're costing us money. Well, I think it may
1: be uh, just one of those points of personal injury that happened that made uh, this state the first one to undergo such a, a, an extreme executive uh, legal action, uh, executive action. Uh, that, uh, you know, I could only call fascist and I think it's that we, uh, that Bud Light came out in support and Bud Light had a transgender woman on a beer can and that was unacceptable. And since anheuser Bush is out of St. Louis, they had to shut it down somehow. Well, uh, the estrogen is no longer pumping through the Bud Light taps, unfortunately, and the testosterone. What would, what would be the testosterone beer for that? I don't know. A steel uh, of course. Coors, course is the one? Okay, we'll do Coors. Or No, sorry, oh, Michelob.
0: Michelob, okay. The estrogen-filled beer before it was.
1: <laughs> oh, there have been all sorts of like other brands that have come out to like try and, and take advantage of this political capital, $36 six packs of beer. If you really want to try and express how manly you are and how offended you are by people being who they want to be, <laughs> it's all pretty silly.
2: Support your local breweries.
1: Support your local transgender people, and if you drink, yeah, maybe drink transgender beer. We're brought to you by Transgender Beer. Fill in your. Beer.
2: We need you know, to find get, one.
1: We, no, idea. we just need to start brewing. You get in Missouri. It's really easy to to like uh, put put a, a beer out. We've got so many different uh, microbreweries. We just need to make like all trans beer like twenty four seven.
5: Well, that wraps up the trans narrative civic report. You're on the trans narrative podcast. I'm Athena Pronamakis. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, and I want to thank our co-host Mar Newell for being here, along with Maddie Fails, Cynthia Grace, and Noah Buchanan of the Trans Revolutionary Action Network. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. This episode was edited and produced by Caroline Penn. The Trans Narrative Podcast was developed by Caroline Penny in conjunction with Athena Bromacus and Lucy Balzano. Research provided by Athena Bromacus, Caroline Penny, and Marlene Muir. Music provided by Infraction Music titled Good Vibes. Capturing the Narrative Segment and Civic Report Music and the music you hear now are produced by Athena Bromacus. This episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast was brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to upload a podcast. Thank you for supporting this show. For more details about this episode, go to the description link below. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, now available on YouTube, so subscribe for exclusive content. It will be available at anchor.fm. transnarrative If you'd like to reach out to us to learn more, to be a guest, or looking to get involved with the show, email us at transnarrativepodcast.gmail.com.